1: Tonight, without the anger management issues. Phil P, the sports, P-A-C. This dude is coming at you from all angles. He's got, he's got all the faces covered. Uh, there's not a whole lot about sports this brother don't know. Can you dig it, dig it sucker? Featuring
2: Hey, Eric Campbell. RC fam is like, woo. Now, I I blame
1: it on Nintendo. <laughs> it's definitely a gin party around here. Definitely a gin party. Don't bring any Kool-Aid. It don't get no better than this,
2: baby. I want winners. You guys act like it. Pick it up a little bit. Okay? Get your chin up. Smile. Smile. Anybody can be peace.
1: get no more All right, welcome to Real Sports Guys, RSG Renegade Radio, where Real Guys talk Real Sports. I am your host, Marcus, the game changer, one-third of the illustrious three-man booth. Uh, we are back and in business for 2018. Uh, it's been a minute since we've been able to form like Voltron, but we're back together. I uh, got my man d Wills in the house. D-Wheels, holler at the people. Well, hey man,
2: I'm just so happy. It's 2018. Ready to go. And uh you know we we we've been we've been playing your we've had your spirit though here, man. I've been playing this one. Reclaiming my time.
1: time. Okay. Reclaiming my time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's been my head record, man. And I'm glad to be back with you. Reclaiming my time.
1: Yes sir, yes sir. I'm glad to be back, man. It's been a minute. As we said, um, but it's good to, to reunite with the with the guys um, and, and talk some sports. Uh, I also got my man, 100 Grand Field T Sports P A D. What's happening, Kevin?
0: 2018. We all remember the havoc that went down before year 2K back in 2000. As Party Mac say, you know, we was at the store buying sardines, getting the water, and all of a sudden now we celebrate 2018. Um, I've missed you all. It's been a while since we've been on the show together, and I'm just looking forward to catch up and, and have some laughs and reconnect with our listeners.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's let's get right into it. Um, we got a few topics we want to get into tonight. Uh, before we do that, just to let you know all callers and hosts are brought to you by Carbon World Health, your complete solution for fitness, health, and beauty. Go to carbonwellhealth dot com to connect with Doctor Nestor Rodriguez and his staff to learn more about lifestyle medicine, and tell them that the real sports guy sent you. All right, fellas, uh, we got a lot to get into. Um, where do you guys want to start? I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys kind of lay it out. Um, D Wills, where, where you want us to kind of where you want to point the needle to get us going? You know, since
2: we didn't get a chance to put a bow. On the uh, on, on 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 the college season a little bit, I, I thought it would be nice to maybe put a bow on that before, you know, uh, getting into some of our other topics, particularly the basketball topics. But um, I'd love to get uh, any of y'all feedback if y'all have any opinions on just man how that how the season how that season ended, um, and I didn't get a chance to really tap in with y'all about that.
1: Well, you know as always, I got a lot to say. Um, but I'm going to let P.A.Z. weigh in first. P.A.Z., you got anything college football reflecting on the season? Just kind of what were your thoughts as the season ended? How do you feel about how the playoffs were uh, – the teams were selected? How do you feel about the competition level in the playoffs? What were your thoughts on
0: that? Well, I think we are on the cusp of adding more teams. This, it's going to happen. I don't know if it will be this coming season, but certainly by the 2019 season's playoffs, Central Florida. I mean, it's one thing if Western Michigan goes undefeated and does not, um, you know, get invited to the playoffs like last year. It's Another thing when Central Florida does it, then all of a sudden, they beat Auburn, who's the only team that defeated two of the teams in the playoffs. Actually, two of the teams of a uh, championship, correct? So, to me, that was um, that that was the most overshadowing story for me of the entire college football season is that the entire goal of this thing is to have a true champion. I think for the first time since we moved to a playoff, there's been serious questions as to who was a true champion, uh, especially looking at Oklahoma's defense in the Final Four. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not sure if they could have stopped the high school team running the ball. That was just so <laughs> – uh, <laughs> I mean, it was so bad against Georgia in the in the uh, semifinal game, to me that just spoke to uh, there's no way Oklahoma could be a top 14, uh, regardless of how good their offense is, they can't stop people, uh, given how bad they look the second half. So I think it just really, really raises questions, if we truly have the best four teams in the playoffs. For the first time, I am not convinced. Uh,
1: you, you raise a lot of great points. Um, I do – I'm with you in that a, a... – Expansion is imminent. Um, When you don't have conference champions from the Power Five conferences being left out, that's just bad business. Um, All of these conferences have kind of of come together to co-sign this playoff format, and when you are consistently leaving out one of the conference champions and the conference doesn't have uh, representation and the conference also doesn't have their hand in that pot to get that money, um, and that's what this is going to boil down to for the big boys uh, and the power five schools is that, you know, last year, the big 12 got left out in the cold this year. It was the big 10 and the Pac 12 um, got left out in the cold. You're not going to be able to keep having that happen and have everybody be cool with the system where money for conferences is being left on the table. Their conference champion can't get in. So um, that's where I think the rubber is going to hit the road and, you know, if you're not in one of these Power Five conferences, ultimately what are you playing for? And so, like, under the current system, you're really not playing for anything because as Central Florida proved, you can go undefeated, you can be good enough to beat a team that three weeks ago everybody was touting as, you know, one of the best in the country and potentially would have been in the playoff had they not lost. Uh, they were, one, you know, pretty much one game away from being in the playoff. Um, and you beat them you know, what are you playing for? Do you really have a shot at this? Um, Or really, are you locked out of competing for a national championship if you're not in the Power 5 conference? And if that's the case, then we just need to call it the Power 5 Final Four Um, because that's what it is. If you can't get into it going undefeated and beating the people on your schedule, especially when Power 5 teams of note won't play you if they got a chance to lose to you. Um, I have appreciated the somewhat earnestness of the uh, process, the selection process, where it does seem like they are trying to get the best four teams in the country and they're not taking into consideration kind of arbitrary things like conference championships and that kind of stuff, which, again, depending upon the power of your conference in a particular year, it, your conference may not, might not need to have – you might not have one of the four best teams in the nation, in your conference, and that's not a far-fetched idea. That you know you don't have a top four team in your league. Um, so, like, I, I appreciate that there is some sort of uh, authenticity to that part of the process, but I just don't think the it's sustainable to constantly have with the money that's being with the money part of it to constantly have power five conferences and their conference champion not being represented in the showcase event of the season. um, That's bad for business for those conferences, and they're not going to keep letting that ride. Um, And it'll be interesting to see how letting a non-Power 5 or a group of 5 school into it levels the playing field slightly. We know it's a slanted field toward the big boys. um, But allowing a team, allowing a a group of 5 coach to be able to go into a young man's living room and say, hey, come to my school, we can, if we go undefeated, we can play for a national championship and have the potential to knock off a big boy. But well, right now, they're basically locked out of that process and that conversation. Nick Saban can go, Nick Saban or uh, the dude from Auburn can go into a kid's living room and say, hey, listen, we can win, we can lose two or three games and you still got a shot at playing on a big stage. You know, if you go to school X, group of five school X, and y'all go undefeated, y'all still ain't got no shot to play. Um, and that's, that's something that has to change if we're going to talk about just the equity of the sport in general and, and having a true champion be able to be crowned is that there needs to be a, a legit opportunity for, one, group of five schools to recruit kids on a level playing field, but also to be, have a, uh, as much of an opportunity or an appropriate opportunity to get into or play their way into the uh, playoffs. This is my thoughts. Uh, what was your thoughts on the whole situation, D. Wills?
2: First of all, it was—it's just a pleasure to hear y'all break this thing down. I'm gonna say that I just—I got chills getting y'all back in I I'm just—I'm I'm happy about that. Y'all made some really good points. Um, Central Florida beat eight teams that played in bowls. Part of the process is how they got slow walked up the rankings, which was a there was a bias on that. So that's the number one problem. How 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 you evaluate them over the season? The fact that they never really kind of get into the top ten by week seven, even though there's plenty enough evidence by week seven they should have been in the top ten. The other part I think is problematic is Georgia and Alabama create this um, this vision of the SEC. That allows people to evaluate them in a way that they are not evaluating others. If you take away Alabama and Georgia, the SEC East was garbage. Like, just get it straight. I watched Florida post close and personal. I saw the Tennessee was garbage. Vanderbilt has never been good. But when you hear them talk about other conferences, it's so easy for people to say they're garbage. And I think that's where it gets to, that's where things get tipped real quick in terms of how. Why a team like Alabama can lose the games they lost and still be considered right? Because people evaluated on the SEC on Alabama and Georgia. In and Alabama and Georgia are just different. <laughs> it had nothing to do with SEC. It has nothing to do with anything else. They're just different kinds of programs, right? And no one can really kind of evaluate. Same thing with Clemson. The ACC has some garbage. Clemson's just different, right, and it kind of amplifies. So, to me, that part of it is is problematic because up until recently, Alabama didn't really have a
0: signature win
2: over anyone, all right? So, to me, that's very problematic. It's, and I can appreciate, I think, Game Changer, you said it, I can appreciate you trying to get the best four teams. But you can't tell me – Ohio State probably couldn't run the table. You look at how they beat down USC, and everybody was talking junk about USC. They might have been able to run the table just like Alabama, all right? So having said all that, though, that championship game was great. Nick Saban, (laughs) he just reloads. That game was incredible. I enjoy watching those two teams. Just like you said, Phil, I think you hit a really good thing. I think – I, Oklahoma was my team, but defensively, garbage. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, Baker was basically holding them uh, together. Um, but, but Georgia and Alabama was an exciting game to watch, having said all of that. Um, I am uh, – I believe they need to do eight. I think eight is about right because then I think – Um, you have enough room to make sure the conference champions champions can get in. But you also have enough room for if you have an Alabama scenario can happen, and you also have room for a uh, Central Florida. Um, And I hear people saying, well, if they had a signature win at the beginning of the season over uh, Auburn, then they would have been immediately ranked. Come on, y'all. Come on. They beat 18 that were in bowl games. I don't think Alabama beat 18 that were in bowl games. Up to the point where they were making the decision, so
1: I think I think eight teams allow for enough. Yeah, but nowadays everybody gets in the bowl game though. Nowadays everybody gets in the bowl game though. That's a little inflated. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta just be like a game below. You gotta win like five games to get in the bowl game, and you play thirteen.
2: <laughs> yeah, but 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 I, even when you look at the, even when you look at Alabama, that was the, that was a rational use for them. We don't use the same thing for Alabama. That's the same
1: rationale they use for Alabama. Yeah, I feel like
2: the SEC. I feel like the SEC coasts Alabama. on reputation. Right? Huh?
1: The SEC coasts on reputation. Right? They. they but do. whose
2: reputation? Um, whose reputation Vanderbilt? Is Vanderbilt really a powerhouse?
1: Is Kentucky really who, a
2: powerhouse?
1: And w- when we think about it, oh, though, is, really. there's a reason like half the teams in the SEC just changed coaches this year, right? Despite everybody's kind of touting of the SEC as this dominant conference, <laughs> the people on the inside yeah. don't think so. That's why they're switching coaches. You know, so I feel you. I think. I think. But again, it, it, it's the Floridas, it's the 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 Alabamas, the Georges, the t- There's a, there's a lot of traditional powers in the SEC um, that are down and have been for about the last five years. But, again, I ain't, I ain't going to say nothing disparaging about the South, but they just slow to catch up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Everybody else ain't figured
1: out that, like, ten, like, Tennessee ain't figured out that they not Tennessee no more. That's the problem. <laughs> That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's the issue. Florida ain't figured out they ain't Florida no more. And so they still think they Florida. And those are big states, man. Those are big states. Yeah. <laughs> So, the folks down there still think it's 04. It's, it's, it's 02. You know, Tennessee, they think Peyton Manning coming out under center, you know, and it's not happening. So, you know, Ole Miss still waiting. It's still calling Archie out as starting quarterback, you know, or Eli. And, and it's just not popping like that in the SEC no more. But they think it is. And the media buys in. That's the other thing. You got a lot of SEC guys on TV. Right, you got a lot yeah, of SEC I mean, guys is, with a platform.
2: Yes, Booger McFarland. Fine, they they just smile like Feinbaum smile. I mean, you got
1: you got Booger, you got David Pollock, you got Tebow. Yeah, I mean, you got lots of SEC guys who have a platform. SEC guys who have a platform. Um, and they think it's the best conference because when they played, it was. <laughs> you know? Like, with all those dudes who are now talking about football, when they played, the SEC was the most dominant conference. Um, I don't think their dominance is as clear-cut from a year-to-year basis as it had been ten years ago, well,
0: eight that's years the ago. Problem with, like, that's the problem with college football. It's too much reputation and tradition wrapped into mm. the rankings. It is. You know, I actually like the computer rankings. Um, it wasn't perfect, but the computer rankings um, took some of the – like it made the process more objective. And that's my issue right now. It's like we think that Alabama's so dominant because they've been dominant before. You know, I saw a Clemson play, and I was just taken back by Clemson on the field, like, oh, my gosh, look at these defensive linemen. They put four guys in the NFL last year. You know, the defensive line, they just reload and wait a minute. Why does that matter? Those guys aren't here anymore. And that's the beauty of college basketball versus college football is every year, it doesn't really matter how the rankings start. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But in football, it matters too, too much.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree a lot with those with those sentiments, PhD. I think you're spot on. And the fact that, you know, in football, you know, what you did last year sets you up for this year. And then once you're at the top, unless you just totally collapse, it's very difficult to drop. You know what I mean? It's very difficult to drop. And I, yeah. I agree. I think a lot of folks had issues with the computer rankings because they couldn't manipulate it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it seems like the BCS or this this process right now, the playoff process. You know, talking heads. You know, one week, Wisconsin. It, and again, this is a little bit of, of my Wisconsin bias, and I own up to that. Is that it's just the level, like when you look at their resume and how many wins that the program has had over the course of the last fifteen years, and you just put a blind resume up of their record what they've done and accomplished, you couldn't say that there are very many programs in the country that match that. But that reputation doesn't carry for them in the same way that Alabama, their reputation carries for them. You know what I mean? Wisconsin's reputation hurts them because they don't get that national level respect um, because, honestly, they, honestly, I think the teams, they black enough <laughs> in the trenches. That's it. You know what I mean? Like. Like, the teams aren't – the teams, like, they don't have the NFL defensive linemen that you find in the SEC, Um, and that's what – I mean, they have NFL offensive linemen. The O-line is always producing pros, but the defensive line, you know, is not always producing pros, and the defense isn't always producing pros. And I think, you know, when you look at their skill positions outside of running back, uh, you know, they don't have pro talent on the perimeter, right? Right. And I think that's what hurts a school like Wisconsin is that you don't have pro talent on the perimeter, and your defensive front isn't scary, so then we don't respect you. Like You just you got a bunch of big hogs up front, and you just which, get which back to Jersey. Which,
2: which is crazy when you look at the fact that all the linebackers that went to the league last year, not only – we got like three or four of them. Not only made rosters, but they were start. to have significant playing time. With your boy Bo, who was starting uh, nose guard for Philadelphia, from Wisconsin, the, the, you, you say that's the narrative. I mean, oh, it was it took breath to remind me of this. That every year they would even put as many or more people on NFL rosters than Alabama every year. And I said, yeah, well, but I, ain't nobody, ain't nobody, was, ain't, ain't, you, nobody right?
1: ain't nobody, ain't nobody, ain't nobody pumping that up because you know they're yeah. just not, and it's Wisconsin, and that's not it gonna happen. Not. And so that,
2: and that's yeah, where I the, the reputation piece SEC. comes in. I always remind SEC folks that your history is lined up on three people. Saban, Herbert Meyer, and, Fire, and uh, uh left miles. All all three of them started the Big Ten. LSU was struggling before Saban got there. And then left kept it. Alabama was struggling before Saban got there. And then Spur left. Florida went down, Urban Meyer went at what, what, two national champions? And so if, yeah, right, well, every other SEC school is living that right now. The those coaching.
1: huh? Yeah, every other SEC school is living that right now. They're living that reality. They're waiting on that coach to come and yeah. save them. Texas and A&M just flipped yeah. their coach. Tennessee has flipped their coach. Florida's flipping their coach. You know what I mean? Like every SEC program, Georgia finally got the right person they feel like in Kirby Smart you know what I mean, to now lift yep. them out of mediocrity because they were constantly, like, there but not quite ready, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, that's what it is. I mean, at any given moment, you got South Carolina still trying to figure it out now that spurrier is gone again, right? You got all these schools yep. that are supposed to be powers, but they are kind of mired in mediocrity and living off of the rep of being in the SEC and being an SEC school. Um, without having actually done any SEC-type stuff in a minute, you know. And
2: I don't have a problem with Alabama giving you love is give you love, but give it, a, give it a love because it's
1: Alabama. Don't give it a love because it's
2: SEC. Right. <laughs> That's the difference. You can put Alabama, is Alabama any of these other conferences, it's because they only have to have 13 intercollegiate athletic sports. They get to put all their money in there, and they're going to saving everything you want. Even Urban Meyer has got to compete with like, like 28, 30 intercollegiate athletic sports Ohio State. That's why I'm amazed that they do what they do there. And the SEC teams are on purpose for the most part to the minimum. Other than like Vanderbilt. Because they've got an ADO who kind of cares about
0: academics.
2: They, they they have most of those 13 or 14 intercollegiate sports. So they designed it to put all the money there. And he's I mean, he basically has a NFL scouting of college, high school athletes. I mean, he don't have so many coaches, but he has. He has. You look at all the administrative class he has applied to football. That's like it's probably three times more than any other school. So, evaluate Alabama being Alabama or Georgia being Georgia, but don't evaluate them just because they're in the SEC. They would be dominant no matter where they are, and so evaluate. That's what I about college basketball you Kentucky, not because you're LCC, you're Kentucky because you're Kentucky. <laughs> you, right. It doesn't matter, you're Kentucky. And, and they, they, they look at it because of that, and we always touch that. Not because, you know, um, no, you're Kentucky because you're Kentucky. I don't see that same kind of evaluation going on in, 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 uh, in football. And they, they have the inability to do that, but you can even do that in football. And I, I don't think they, they do that well. And I think that's what
1: causes a lot of the
2: problems. We want Alabama because, you know, you look at Alabama, they're great. They'll be great no matter what time it's because they are a dominant program. We can't separate that.
1: Yeah. And I think also it's just inherent into football that it's going to be difficult to determine the top four teams because you only play 13 games. And the sample that's size right. is so small, you don't have a real data set to be like, yo, well, this team – in basketball, you get 35 to 38 games to kind of get a read mm-hmm. on, like, who a team really is and get some data on how they, how they are they defensively. You know, right. and so I think in football, that's why the eyeball test plays so much into the selection process because there's so little, like, empirical data other than, you know, uh, qualitative uh, data uh, to really base your assumptions off of, and you really do have to just go off of the eyeball test, which can be inaccurate and can be subject to bias. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the
2: Big Ten were what, 7-1? and one? Yeah, thanks, Michigan. My Michigan team, could have, it could have been undefeated, but they did. I don't know what they was. Somebody was smoking something. Fire turnover. Right. <laughs> right. But, for 7 I mean, Big Ten went 7-1. I don't hear anybody talking. Now, the SEC had gone 7-1 in that same scenario with Ohio State winning. People would say, yeah, Ohio State won, but the SEC went 7-1. But no, <laughs> including Northwestern beating Kentucky, an SEC team. But they're nothing. Uh, we had Wisconsin go down and basically Miami in a home game. What's going on the line? No love about that? And so it's, it's one of those things uh, I just – I start hearing this narrative, and I'm like, okay, we can't get that going both ways. That's the part that I'm I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. you right, and I think it's the sample size. That's why I say they've got to go to eight or, or six. There's got to be a little bit more of a plus where there's got to be enough slots for those big those, – those, that, that, that five and a plus one or two. There's got to be a way for them to do that. And I think you you might have you're gonna have people arguing, but you have fewer arguments. That's all I to happen. But you know they still get the money, so I, I you know I guess I can't say too much.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's let's shift gears. Let's shift gears. You had on here some NBA talk.
0: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol. Protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
1: With Lucky Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.